We pray that as you listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heart Seas Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. that God's got a plan and a purpose for my life. And whether you may not get excited about it or not, that's up to you. But I'm going to get excited for you because I'm excited that God's got a plan and that God's got a purpose for your life. Come on, I said I'm excited that God's got a plan and that God's got a purpose for your life. I said I'm excited that God's got a plan and that God's got a purpose for your life. Come on, let me say it one more time. I'm excited that God's got a plan and a purpose. It's got your name on it. It's got your name right on it. That God's engraved it. Your name. That God has a plan for your life. So tonight we're going to take step number six as we take our lives off the drawing board into a place of action. But as I start tonight... I want to ask you, and DJ's going to help me out. He's got a microphone. He's going to help me out. I need your input tonight, and I'm going to try and cover this side. DJ, cover that side over there. I want to ask you tonight, what are some of the promises of God for your life? You may say, well, I don't really know. What are the promises that God has for his children. What are the promises that we read of in the word of God? Come on, I want to hear some of them tonight. So who's going to start? Come on, DJ, just find people. One of the things that I really appreciate and count on is he said, I'll never hear the, see the righteous forsaken or seed begging for bread. Cool, cool, awesome. No weapon formed against us shall prosper. Come on. First of, first of all, he wants to give us good health, and he says... Nobody should perish, but ever have everybody have everlasting life. Awesome, awesome. Come on, who's got something? I'll never leave you nor forsake you. Come on, come on. Who's got some promises? Come on, right now. Come on, come on, come on. I'm coming. No weapon for me against me shall prosper. Come on, good stuff. Come on. Call unto me, and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty Come on, I'm loving and this. John Anyone? 10, 10, he promised to give us abundant life. Come on, anyone else? Hold on a second, the mic's not here. I'm sorry, promises are yes and amen. Come on. See, nothing is too hard for him. Come on. If God be for me, who can be against me? Come on. Anyone else? Come on. We could go for hours and hours. Anyone else? Helga? Can do exceedingly abundantly greater than I can think or ask, and I know this is the truth because He saved my life. <laughs> Come on, Come on. Anyone else? Abraham's got another one. Come on, Abraham, give it to us. No height, height uh, depth, or uh, a length of strength could uh, separate us from the love of God. Come 
one. Fantastic. Anyone else? Come on. Go in. Come on, hold on, Danny. Let's get that on the tape. People need to hear that one. Come on. He began a good work in you, and he will carry it on to finish. To completion. Come on, he's going to finish it. Come on, he's going to finish it. You know, thank you so much. Isn't that incredible? And, and you've got you to excuse me for a minute, but I get excited when I start hearing about the promises of God. Come on, I said I get excited about the promises of God. Why? Because I realize they're available for me. That means me who messes up and screws up and makes mistakes and is a failure and doesn't hit the mark every time. God says, it's okay. The promises are still for you. Come on, that excites me. It excites me that God doesn't say, Phil, you blew it. They were for you, but God says they're still available. If you will just grab a hold of them. Wow, those promises, everyone, and there's hundreds more promises that God has in his word. You shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. The enemy that comes before you one way, God says seven ways he's going to have to run with his tail between his legs away from you. Come on. God says you're going to be blessed in the city. You're going to be blessed in the basket. God says what? You're the head and not the tail. You're above and not beneath. God says you're the lender. You're not the bottom. Man, I'm getting excited tonight. These are the promises of God. Great promises. But unfortunately, tonight we need to look at why we're not seeing many of these promises unfolding in our lives. We read them and we know they're available and we know that God has them. But yet so many times we live a defeated life when we know no weapon formed against us shall prosper, but yet we live defeated. We know that God's promise is healing, but yet we're sick. We know that God's promise is He owns the cattle on a thousand hills, but we're struggling to pay our bills and meet ends. So I want to look at our next step tonight, step number six, and that is this. It's time to receive it. Come on, say with me, receive it. From plan to purpose, step number six is we've got to start receiving the Word of God into our lives. As I began to study for this message, I began to ask myself and wonder how many blessings and opportunities and promises God has brought across our pathways, but yet we've blown. That they were right there for us, but yet we either walked on by, or we didn't make it to the blessings, we gave up before, or we maybe grabbed a hold of them, but we didn't really realize what we had, and we just abused it, and we threw it away, and we didn't guard it, and we didn't keep it. And I believe the reason why so many times we're not walking in the promises, that we're not living the life that God has for every one of us, is because of our lack of capacity that we have inside of us to receive the blessings of God. The fact that we don't possess the capacity to take it all in. That we live too small of a life, that we doubt God instead of releasing God. That we deny God instead of proclaiming God. You know, you can take a plant and you can put it in a small pot. And that plant will grow according to its environment. 
What do I mean by that? It's only going to grow so big because the pot is going to restrict the growth that is available or the potential that is inside of it. I wonder how many of us as Christians are living in such a small pot Oh, we've got a flower, we've got some seed. I'm over here, look at me, I'm looking good. But yet, are we really fully growing into the potential that God has for us? Because a small part is going to be a small plant. A big part is going to be a big plant. But listen to this, a bigger part is going to be even a bigger plant. Maybe our prayer when we leave this service tonight is, God, you need to repot me. Come on, we're joking about it. But God, maybe you need to repot us. Take us out of that small thinking. Come on, take us out of that guilt trip. Take us out of the restrictions that we've put upon our lives. Why? Because it's robbing us from the potential of the promise. That we minimize the greatness of God in our lives. How many of us possess too small of a capacity? To truly receive everything God has. I heard it said this way once. If I was to give God a thimble, He could fill it. If I was to give God a cup, He could fill it. If I was to give God a five-gallon bucket, He could fill it. If I was to give God a massive basin, He could fill it. In other words, God can pour out according to the capacity we are prepared to receive. When you look at your life, what are you giving God? A thimble to work with? You're giving Him a cup? You're giving Him a bucket? Here's the reality. If you give Him an ocean, He's able to fill it. There is no limit Because God is limitless. I said God is limitless. But yet we restrict Him. Down to the size of the capacity of our lives. We've got to release God. I said we've got to release God. Turn to your neighbor and say, I need to be stretched. Come on, I mean turn to your neighbor and say, I need to be stretched. Come on, turn to the other neighbor on the other side and say, I need to be enlarged. Come on, I need to grow a little bit. My capacity to receive has got to increase. Why? Because there's so much of God that I'm just not grasping. I'm not getting. It's not happening in my life. Listen to this statement. God has more to give than we can receive. God has more to give than we can receive. And let me prove that to you. Malachi 3 verse 10. Are you ready? We've talked about this scripture a lot over the last few months as we've talked about the blessed life. But listen to Malachi 3 verse 10 again. It says, bring all the tithes into the storehouse that there may be food in my house and try me now with this, says the Lord of hosts, if I will not open for you the windows of heaven, and pour out for you. I love that. God is very specific here. It's not for them. It's for you. Come on. It's not just 
for all of that. God says, for you, this is a specific word for every one of us who is reading this today. God says, for you, I will pour out for you such a blessing that there will not be room enough to receive it. Say with me, receive it. I want that. Come on, I'm saying, I want that. I want to take my life from plan to purpose. I want to start receiving the promises, the blessings, the provision that God has for my life. A provision, a blessing that God says He has such a vast supply that He can pour out so much that our lives will be overwhelmed. Because there's so much that there is no way that we can contain it all. I want that. And we can have that. And that's what God's word tells us. It's available. It's out there. But listen to this. It's waiting on you. Come on right now. It's waiting on you. New Living Translation says, you won't have enough room to take it in. In other words, there isn't sufficient enough room, a large enough space to contain it all. There's more than just plenty. Come on, in fact, it's measureless what God has for your life, but we've got to be in a position where we can receive it. We've got to increase our ability to be able to receive from God. When I say we've got to increase our ability to be able to receive from God. Can I say I'm not talking about greed tonight? I'm not talking about greed. Oh, I've got to increase so I can have, have, have. Give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. Because we see that God gives us so much that we will be a blessing. God blesses us to be a blessing that it flows out of us into other people. So I'm not talking about us getting so much as in greed. It's all about me and it's all about this and that. But I will say this. There is an element of selfishness that you and I must possess. How do I mean? Because if you haven't got it, you can't give it. When Peter and John walked to the gate beautiful, what did they say in Acts 3 verse 6? Peter said, such as I give I. What if he didn't have? Couldn't give. So we realize tonight we're not talking about getting for greed, but there's got to be a selfishness in there in this thought that we've got to have something for ourselves because if we don't have something, there is nothing of self to give. Not of self to give, but nothing that we have within us that we can give to other people. So receiving it is not just about you getting fat on the blessings of God. That's unhealthy. Come on, to be fat is unhealthy. But it's about you increasing your capacity in order to increase your supply. I remember once I went to this golf shop. I love to play golf. I haven't actually played golf once this year. It's ridiculous. And I live on a golf course. Can you believe that? I drive past these people playing golf every day and I look at them and and I get mad. No, I don't. But, you know, I haven't played once all year. But can I tell you this? I haven't played once all year, but I will still beat Mr. Huss when I go out. Just wanted to say that. But I went to this golf store. I love you, Mr. Huss. I went to this golf store, and they were offering a special deal that you could pay $5 for a handful of golf tees. That means 
as much as you could get in your hand, you could have for $5. How many knows my hand started stretching? Started doing exercises, spreading those fingers. I don't have big hands. I was hoping, you know, I, I wished I'd had big hands. But man, I put my hand in there and I cupped my hand and I had all those. But I wished I had a bigger hand because why? There was a blessing that I could have received that day. I did good. Let me tell you something. I, I did good. These little stubby fingers got some golf tees. Come on, we got, some, we, we got our money's worth out of that. But here is my thought as I was grabbing. I thought, man, if only I could have grabbed more. When's the last time that you came to church and you left saying, if only I could have grabbed more? Come on, when's the last time you got in the Word of God and said, man, God, if only I had bigger hands that I could grab more. When's the last time we really prayed and says, God, if only I had bigger hands that I could grab more. If only I had a bigger capacity that I could take in more. We've got to understand this, that any time we move into something and don't possess or have the capacity, let me say that again, any time we move into something and don't have the capacity to receive it, two things will take place. Number one, we'll destroy it. Or number two, it will destroy you. I'm just going to say all that again, and then I'm going to give you a couple of examples to validate what I said. Anytime we move into something and we don't possess the capacity to receive it, two things are going to take place. Number one, we'll destroy it. Or number two, it will destroy you. Here's the example of we'll destroy it. Many, t- many people by choice choose to live life with a lot of drama and stress. They literally thrive on the fact of stress, drama, gossip, and all these things. And if there's nothing happening, come on, they make something happen. I'm not going to ask for a show of hands, but I'm sure every one of us in here probably knows someone who thrives on that kind of life. Maybe it's you tonight. Listen to me. So instead of having the capacity to receive, what are we talking about? Instead of having the capacity to receive peace that God wants to give, the good things that God has in store, the blessings that have that we talked about, instead of having the capacity to receive the blessings of God that God has to give to every one of us in the circumstances of life, they're not open to that. Because their capacity is not set for those things. So because they don't want those things in their lives, they want the gossip, they want the stress, they want because that's the capacity that they've created in their life and that's all they've made their lives able to receive, what happens? They can't receive the promises of God. Then they begin to convince themselves, well, this is good as life is going to get. They begin to create a world that they now feel that they must live in. They begin to tell themselves, that's all I deserve after all. They begin to live as a victim instead of a victor, an overcomer in Christ Jesus. So what happens? Because they don't have the capacity to receive the blessings, the promises, the word of God but yet the capacity is to receive everything else. What do they do? They destroy the blessings. 
They shut the door on that which God has for their lives. Here's another example. I heard a story once about someone who went to hospital to pray for someone who was in a desperate situation. They needed God to touch them. They were in dire straits. There was a desperate need. They needed a divine miracle. After this minister visited with the patient for a while and they discussed the issues and the struggles and what the doctors had said and and they talked for a few moments. And the minister said, well, before I leave, we're going to pray. And we're going to go to God and we're going to pray that God would give you a complete miracle. As the minister began to pray that God would touch this, And God would touch that and this complaint and this problem, that God would intervene. The lady said, excuse me, sir. She stopped his prayer. He's in the middle of believing God for a miracle. Excuse me, sir. Excuse me. Excuse me. She didn't want a complete healing from every infirmity. Because with some, she knew she could receive disability. The lady had already predetermined what she wanted from God and what she didn't want him to take care of. Listen to me tonight. In limiting her capacity to receive healing, she was choosing to destroy her life. Did you catch that? And not having the capacity to be able to receive what God had for her. She was choosing really to destroy her life. Instead of asking God to touch her that she could be totally well. That she could be totally free. That she could live a life where she could work. She could function. She could do all these things. She could support. She could take care of herself. Instead of choosing to live a life like that. She wanted to receive assistance for the rest of her life and live with sickness. You see, not possessing the right capacity will either mean you'll destroy it or it will destroy you. How sad is that? Someone made reference to the scripture tonight, John 10, verse 10. The thief does not come except to. Except to what? The thief doesn't come except to kill. Or steal, kill, and destroy. But let's read on. But Jesus said, but I have come that they may have life and that they may have it more abundantly. So what has Satan come to do? He's come to take from you, isn't he? He's come to steal away from you. He's come to destroy. He's come to take. But what has God come to do? He says, I've come to give. Come on. God says, I've come to give in order you can receive. Good measure. Press down. Shaken together. Running over. In other words, when you go to Piccadilly, you say, hook a brother up. Put a little bit more in there. Because you've got to realize this. Satan wants to take. God wants to give. For what reason? That we can receive. We've got to understand this. Our salvation experience is twofold. What I mean by that is, our salvation experience is not only believing, but our salvation experience also involves receiving. That we believe first. We have to believe. 
But then what we receive as a result of our belief will totally change our lives. Look at Acts 19, verse 1 and 2. It says these words, And it happened while Apollos was at Corinth, that Paul, having passed through the upper region, came to Ephesus, and finding some disciples, he said to them, Did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? So they said to him, We have not so much as heard whether there is a Holy Spirit. So what is Paul saying to them? Did you receive when you believed? Now, I know here in this passage, in the example that is given here, is in reference to the Holy Spirit, okay? We understand that. We're not taken from that tonight, but you've got to see something else here. God's principle of giving into our lives or us receiving as a result of believing is not just limited to His Holy Spirit, but it encompasses every asset or every part of what God has for us, His children. Every principle, it applies the same. That when we believe, there's the opportunity for every one of us to receive. That means God has more available for each one of us than just for us to believe. But too often we don't contain the capacity to receive everything God has. How many children of God today believe in God as their Savior, but yet they still Walk in condemnation, <coughs> guilt, fear, all these things. Well, we believe we're going to make it to heaven. We love God, but you know what? We're living a defeated life. Come on, salvation is twofold. Come on, it's not just believing. There's the opportunity for us to receive a life that will never be the same again. Come on, we can walk with our head up high, no matter the circumstances or the situations. Come on, if God's in our vessel, we can smile at the storms and the trials of life. We can step out on the water if we have to and walk to God, if we've got the faith and the confidence. Why? Because it's not just believing. It's saying, God, I believe it. Now help me to receive it. Lord, I believe, the man cried out. But then in a powerful statement, he said next, Lord, help my unbelief. Here's my thought. He was saying, God, I believe in you, but help my ability to receive what you have. Help me to receive your word into my life, into my existence. Come on, if we're going to take our lives from plan to purpose, we've got to begin to receive everything that God has for us. Come on, it's not just for the person sitting beside you. It's not just for Pastor P. It's not just for the person who's been saved 20 years. Come on, it's available. All you have to do is believe and God says it's there to receive. In fact, I think sometimes the people who have been saved 20 plus years perhaps receive less than the ones who have just got saved because we get so religious. We know how to manipulate the system. We know when to lift our hands and to shout amen and we know how to do all those things. And if we're really holy, we know how to do one of those hey in the middle of the service. We know there is only one way to be saved. God says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life. John 14, 6. Acts 16, 13. Acts 16, 31. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. So there has to be a belief. But that's not the end. Come on, the belief is just the beginning. There's so much that God has that He wants you to receive. He wants you to receive. 
I remember what it was like to have kids and, and you would give them some of that Gerber food. I always wondered why my kids didn't like some of those Gerber foods, you know, like the peas and the carrots. Until one day I couldn't get Brittany to eat it and I was like, what is wrong with you, child? I said, it's lovely and I put it in my mouth and I looked and said, no wonder this child's not eating this stuff. It's disgusting. But some of you as parents know what it is to try and put the food in your baby's mouth and they're spitting out more than they're putting in and you're trying to shovel it in and they're trying to shovel it out. Come on. And you're trying to push it and you're trying to block their mouths with the spoon. You're trying to do anything you can to get it in. We joke about that, but I wonder how many times we're spitting out what God is trying to put in because it maybe doesn't taste right to us. It maybe doesn't feel right. It maybe doesn't go with everything that we think life should be. But can I tell you, Father knows best. If you give a child sugar, ask the dietician. It's going to rot their teeth before they even come. It's not going to do good. Why is that? There's no salt. There's very little sodium. All that. Why? Because it's healthy for a child. A lot of the things we taste today and everything that we like, like Mr. Huss said when he had open heart surgery, the dietician came and said to him, if it tastes good, spit it out because it's probably not good for you. Because that's where we live. If it tastes good, we like it. If it doesn't taste good, we don't like it. Give us meat, but... Forget the vegetable. Who wants that? But that's how we come in our lives so many times. We pick and choose instead of saying, God, I'm opening my mouth. You stick in everything. Come on, let me open my mouth wider and wider. Let me increase the capacity because I want you to feed me with that which I need in my life. So we believe in God, but it doesn't end there. Now we've got to have the capacity to receive his forgiveness, his peace, his mercy, his love, his joy, his patience. Come on, the list goes on and on and on. Everything that God has available for us. Look at what it says in Joel chapter 2 and verse 25. Joel 2 and 25 says these words. So I will restore to you. Say with me, give back to you. Come on, say it like you mean it, give back to you. Come on, this isn't Pastor P speaking. This is the word of God through the prophet Joel. He's saying, I will restore to you. I will give back to you the years that the swarming locusts have eaten, the crawling locust, the consuming locust, and the chewing locust. Come on, God's saying, I'm able to give back to you that which the enemy has tried to steal from you. All you've got to have is the capacity to believe me, but yet open your heart, open your life and say, God, I receive everything you have. Come on, I'm tired of things being stolen from my life. Come on, I said I'm sick and tired. The devil's had his day long enough in our lives, over our minds and over uh, just our finances. Come on, over our health, over our families, over our church, over this nation, over this world. Come on, devil, enough is enough. You've stolen from us long enough. God is saying to every one of us, I want to give back to you. Come on, God's saying, I want to give back to you. I want to give back to you. But here's the real question. It's not whether or not he is able, because he's able, but whether we are ready to receive it. In the story of Job, the Bible says that God gave him back double for his trouble. Come on, in the end, the Bible says that God gave Job double. What he had before. Why? 
because he continued to believe. But you know what? He allowed his life to still be in a place that he would not curse God, but he still allowed his life to be in a stance of being open to receive what God has, and God gave him double. Would have been so easy for him, as his wife even told him, curse God and die. Shut down the capacity. Don't believe. Don't allow any room to be able to receive what God has. But no matter what, Job said, though he slay me, yet will I serve him. Yet will I trust him. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. But blessed. I'm going to keep praising him. I'm going to keep thanking him. But blessed be his name. He's saying that as he's taking a piece of pottery and he's scraping sores off his body, open sores and wounds. And he's in so, he's in um, ash and he's in absolute agony. And he's saying these words, the Lord gives and the Lord takes. Come on, never let the enemy take your capacity to be able to receive because of the God in whom you believe. Over the past couple of weeks, we've talked about building it. We've talked about finishing it. Can I tell you tonight why we've talked about building it? Why we've talked about filling it? Because we need to have a barn that is constructed and built, spiritually speaking, that is so big and so vast that God and begin to fill it in our lives. That we can have a capacity that God says I can pour into. I'm not waiting to heaven for my blessings. Come on, I said I'm not waiting till heaven to get all my blessings. Come on, let me say that one more time. I'm not waiting to heaven to get all my blessings. Oh, it's going to be blessings up there. But Jesus did not come and die upon this cross that I live a mediocre, menial, struggling, miserable life that one day I can have all those things. How many knows that God says today is the day of salvation? Come on, God says there's treasures stored up for you in heaven. But can I tell you right now that God's got treasures for you right now here on this earth, that he has things available. Thank God I'm going to receive it one day. But you know what? It's available for me now. Right here, right now. I don't know about you. I need some of it. Come on, if you don't want your portion, I'll take yours too. Come on. I said, I need it. And I don't just need it. I need it now. Come on, I need that blessing. One day there'll be no more pain and no more suffering. I need some of that right now, God. God, you'll wipe away every tear. God, I need some of that comfort right now. God, you've got, what, streets of gold. God, cash in a couple of feet, God, and just... Send the proceeds down here. We joke about it, but God has blessings for us right now. But can we receive it? Do we receive it? Isaiah 54 and verse 2 says these words, Enlarge the place of your tent and let them stretch out the curtains of your dwelling. Do not spare. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your stakes. Listen to how that verse reads in the New Living Translation. It says, Enlarge your house. Build on an addition. Spread out your home, for you will soon be bursting at the seams. God's telling every one of you tonight, get ready. Get ready for what? Get ready for the blessings that God has that he wants to pour into your life. I'm not talking about the person beside you because God says specifically for you, for you, for you tonight. God's got blessings. 
the reason the person may be more blessed, you may think that sitting beside you is perhaps because they've got a greater capacity to receive the blessings. It's not that God's partial and God looks and says, I'll give them more, because we know God's not respecter of any person. God doesn't look at one and give more one to the other. He said there's a measure of faith. There's a measure for every one of us. But the choice or the decision tonight is what capacity are we allowing our lives to be stretched into? Get ready to receive it. For some of us tonight, we may need to empty our lives. Got a lot of junk, a lot of trash, a lot of things that's taken space that God wants us to remove. That we can make room, that we can enlarge, that we can expand. Stop talking yourself out of the blessings for God. How good are we at talking? I say, well, God's not going to bless me. How can he do it? What's the way you talk? I always get the longest line in the grocery store. Oh, it always happens to me. Come on, you've got to watch. God spoke creation with words. We've got to watch the words we speak because we can create the world in which we live. I'm not talking about blabbing it and grabbing it. That's foolishness. But I'm talking about the negativity, the things that we do. We're minimizing the capacity of our lives in order to be able to receive the blessing. We're shutting down before we've even had chance to open up. God is a blesser. He is the blesser. But will you receive it? Will you receive his blessings upon your life? Come on, let's be honest. None of us deserve it. (laughs) Thank you, Miss Emma. At least Miss Emma agrees with me. I said none of us deserve it. None of us deserve it. We're all unworthy. But thank God it's not our worthiness. It's his worthiness. It's not our perfection because the Bible says, Be ye perfect as your heavenly Father is perfect. Matthew 5, I believe, 48. We're not perfect, but the thought is that he was perfect for us. That he paid the price. For what? That we can believe and. Come on, help me out. That we can believe and. Receive. Last scripture, 1 Corinthians 2, verse 9. This is a good one. This is a good one to lay your head on the pillow with at night. Come on. Eye has not seen. Ear has not heard. Neither is it entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those that love him. Come on. God's prepared some stuff for you. Come on. I said God's prepared some stuff for you. And you know what? He knows the stuff you need just how you need it. Come on. He's got the best stuff in store for you. He's got the greatest things. You haven't seen it yet. You haven't even maybe comprehended it yet. But God said, that's okay. I've already got it for you. But it shall be revealed in your life. Right here, right now. God says it's available. Open up your life to receive it. Position yourself to receive. Someone's going to drop something. I'm going to position myself. Come on, I'm going to spread my stance a little bit. I'm going to get my body, my knees bent. Come on, I'm positioning myself to grab something. If Bishop's going to throw me something, I'm just going to stand there and like this. I'm positioning myself ready for, come on, it's time that we start positioning our lives spiritually, getting ready for the blessings of God. Come on, we may have been knocked down. It's time to stand up and start positioning ourselves again and say, come on, as for me and my house, we're going to serve God. We're going to see the blessing of God in our life. We're going to position ourselves once again for the blessing. We're going to start expecting it. We're going to start anticipating it to start receiving it. It's not going to pass me by. Come on. God, the blessings aren't going to pass me by. I'm going to be grabbing them every way I can. I'm going to be jumping and getting them. Come on! It's for me. I'm not going to believe the lies of Satan any longer. 
God wants the best for you. God has the best for you. God wants to pour His Spirit out in your life. Remember this, or know this tonight, last statement as I close. Know tonight that His desire to give far out seeds, S-E-E-D-S, our ability to receive. Know tonight that God's desire to give far out seeds your ability to receive. He's got it all. It's time to receive it. I said it's time to receive the blessing of God. Come on tonight as I close this message. I want to ask you tonight. How many of you are ready to receive the blessings of God? And, and please don't put your hand up and don't say, oh yeah, Pastor. I'm not, you know... I'm not asking just because it's a popular. I'm asking really seriously tonight. How many of you are ready? We've believed God. Now we receive it. I'm not asking you to step up and say, well, you know, I don't know. You know, I just feel I'm, I'm not asking that tonight. I'm asking you tonight. How many of you want to receive the blessings of God in your life? Come on. How many of you want to be a partaker of that? How many of you want to increase your capacity? Come on. How many wants to lengthen your stance a little bit and bend your knees and get anticipating? Come on. How many wants to see God move in your children and in your finances and in your health. Come on, how many wants to receive everything that God has, the peace? Come on, you're tormented. Come on, you're tormented in your mind. There's addictions, there's strongholds. Come on, all these things that you're ready to receive the victory. You're ready to receive your peace, your healing, your deliverance, that breakthrough in your life. Come on, if you're ready to receive, why not stand to your feet tonight and just open up your arms to God? Come on and just begin to say, God, I'm ready. Pour it out, God. Come on, no more blessings are going to pass me by. Come on, my healing. I'm not going to be denied. Come on, there's going to be victories. Come on, there's going to be blessings. Come on, there's going to be miracles. Come on, God, I'm ready to receive. Come on, I'm ready to receive for my family, for my future. Come on, I'm ready to receive what you have for me. Come on, I'm stepping. My life's going from plan to purpose. As I'm receiving, God, what you have for my life. Come on, don't stop tonight. Come on. God wants to pour into some people's lives in this place. Come on, the enemy has robbed your mind for long enough. The enemy has stolen from you long enough. Come on, it's time to say, my family's going to be saved. Come on, it's time to say that there's going to be breakthroughs. There's going to be miracles. Why? Because God's Word promises it. As we discovered at the beginning of this message, every promise in the book is mine. It's mine, but yet I choose so often to live outside of it when I have the capability to live in it, but it's according to my capacity. Come on, stretch our capacity. Come on, I believe right now God wants to touch your lives in this place. I know we've gone over time tonight and and I don't want to keep you much longer. I know kids have school. I know all these things, but you know what? This is just important this morning, this evening. Come on, this is just too important right now just just to push on and just to move on and say, amen, let us go home. Come on, God wants to pour into some lives here. Come on, we believe Him, but come on, phase two, God, we're ready to receive the miracle. Come on, some of you have been holding on to pains and hurts. Come on, they're limiting the capacity of your life. Some of you are doubting. Some of you are confused. Some of you are holding on to guilt and failures and all these things. Come on, release those things right now that you can receive the best that God has. Come on, your life will never be the same again. As you receive that touch from God in the name of Jesus right now, God, we lift up our hands to you. God, we say we receive God. God, we receive God. 
God, we say we're ready, God. Increase our capacity, God. Repot us, God. God, repot us, God. Put us in a bigger pot, God, that we can grow bigger, God, that we can see your blessing, God, in our lives. God, may we begin to walk every day anticipating your blessing. Why? Not because of who we are, but because of whose we are. God, not because of our own merits, but because of what you did upon the cross. When you cried out, it is finished. That means every problem and circumstance that we face, God has said it's finished. I've already handled it. I've already taken care of it. I've already done it. Come on, all you've got to do is start receiving it. Come on. We've got to just start receiving it. We've got to start receiving the blessing of God. We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard. But we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.